you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy hellman happy birthday to us a lot of you have been listening for a very long time so you already know this But you know that March is our birthday month. This podcast has been around for six years this month, and it feels like a huge accomplishment. When I started this podcast six years ago with my amazing producer, Catherine Heller, in my office in Brooklyn, in Dumbo, in a huge warehouse factory building, I had no idea what it would become. I was nervous, way too nervous to re-listen to my voice on the episode. She'd always say, listen back, let me know if you have any edits. And I'd be like, just just post it. I can't hear myself talk. Now I have spent so many hours and 275 episodes listening to myself talk that it feels really natural. Uh, I talk to myself all the time now. I listen to myself all the time now. And I just can't believe how much we've grown. Thank you so much for your amazing reviews that you left. That was truly a birthday gift in and of itself. In fact, I am very excited to announce the winners of the Show Me the Love podcast contest. You guys went online to Apple. You left amazing reviews. It warmed my heart. It felt like unwrapping tiny gifts of insight and joy because as I'm sitting here recording in my storefront, the rain is coming down. The cars are honking by. Dogs are barking. As I'm recording here, I don't know who's listening. I don't get to talk to you guys or hear how I'm impacting you. So reading those reviews was so powerful. I'm excited to announce the winners of that contest I mentioned. The two winners are River's Grandma and D... Oh, is it DQ or DJ Meech? DC Meech? Anyway, D something M-E-E-C-H. I can't even read my own handwriting. Guys, you won. 
You won the value pack of three online classes with a copy of my signed book. So please, since you don't have your contact info on an Apple review, please email me with your contact info so I can send all that to you. You're going to want to email me at info at affordableinteriordesign.com. Let me know that you are River's grandma or DJ Meech, and I will send that stuff right out to you. And I'm very grateful for your glowing reviews. Speaking of gratitude, I listened to this amazing podcast. You guys have probably heard me talk about it, Keith and the Girl. In fact, if you haven't heard me talk about it, you'll want to scoot right over to Keith and the Girl's podcast. They've been around for 16 years this month. I've been on their podcast three times, but the most recent time was just a couple of months ago where I talked about my absolute worst client experience ever. I got into detail and it got a little bit raw. In other words, I may have cried. May have cried. So if you haven't heard that one, you better head right over because first of all, their podcast is super fun. And second of all, I think it will share insights on a story from um, my past. But the thing I was really loving about what they did to celebrate their birthday is they asked their millions, cotillions of listeners to send them stories of how the podcast has impacted the listeners' lives. Because like I said, it is very hard to understand if anything we're saying is resonating, if anything we're doing is making a difference. I'm talking here to myself in my office while I watch the rain. And I'm wondering, is it helping anybody? So if it's helping you, I would love for you to send an email to info at affordableinteriordesign.com letting me know how the podcast has impacted you. Maybe just celebrating us on our sixth birthday, whatever you want to do. And I'll be reading some of those notes on an upcoming podcast later this month because heck, I'm going to celebrate all month long. Why not? It's my birthday. It's my birthday. I call the shots. It's my birthday. All right, let's segue. Let's segue to some helpful content because I have been on Zoom so much lately that I had to buy one account. I had to buy two accounts. And now I'm looking into like a huge account. How can I get like four team meetings on at once on Zoom? I spend at least three hours a day on Zoom. Uh, There was one day last week when I spent 10 hours on Zoom. It was mind numbing. I've got the blue blocker glasses. I've got the heating pad for my back on my chair. Heck, if I can do Zoom without the camera, I'm going to be laying in my bed, but I will be on Zoom. So as I've been on Zoom with literally hundreds of different people, I've been remarking about Zoom backgrounds. Additionally, when I'm going to work with my clients, they're always asking me, Betsy, you know, now that we've finished the living room, could you just peek at my Zoom background? And the answer is yes. And the answer is Zoom backgrounds are so important. Now that we can't meet people face to face, now that we can't go into people's offices, now that this is our form of connection, Not only are we looking to be on camera with Zoom, we are looking to connect. But I think there's something really beautiful about Zoom meetings. I am taking this class in Goldman Sachs, and we had this amazing teacher on who teaches negotiations. And she said something about negotiating over Zoom that I thought was really poignant. She said, when you're negotiating something for your business or even negotiating in life, if you can do it on Zoom, 
versus on the phone, it has a huge impact because more than ever, we're getting an intimate glimpse in people's lives. I'm not just looking at the boardroom conference table. I'm not just looking at their cubicle. I'm peeking into their bedroom. I'm peeking into their basement, their kitchen. And that, I mean, you don't have to tell me, I'm an interior designer, but that is a really intimate view. And I take that for granted because I go inside people's homes every day. So seeing their homes on Zoom just feels like an extension of what I already do. But if you worked at a bank, if you worked at a restaurant, well, nobody would ever see inside your home, right? So this is a brave new world, and I think it's really exciting. But I do have some best practices that I want to share with you guys because there are some things that are irking me. Yesterday, I was on a Zoom call with a very dear friend of mine who works at a high-end investment bank, and she had her windows open behind her. And the sun, because she's in sunny California, kept shifting behind her. And as it shifted, her face was either very brightly illuminated or very dark, and I couldn't even see her features. And it's because the light was playing off of the screen camera, which was playing off of her face, and it was exhausting to look at. So finally, I just said to her, could you... um?" look the other way. Could you maybe reverse the camera angle and just move your chair so that you're looking at the window instead? And oh my gosh, it made all the difference. But when you're in a business meeting, when this person is not someone you know on a friendly level as well, it's very hard to tell them that. And instead, you're just having a really uncomfortable conversation and you just can't wait to hang up. So please, please, when you're on Zoom, make sure that the light source is in front of you, not behind you, whether it's a window like my friend in California or whether it's a floor lamp or a table lamp. We don't want to be staring at a hot spot, something really bright when we're trying to talk to you. The other thing that you want to be cognizant of when you do have that window or that light source in front of you, you want to be cognizant of the fact that it could reflect a glare, which could create another hot spot behind you. So you want to avoid having things like mirrors, artwork that's framed in glass behind you, because it will again create those uncomfortable points of bright, intense light. The other little pet peeve I have is a lot of people use those ring lights. I actually have a ring light. I don't use it for Zoom as much as I use it for like videos. But if you have a ring light, I would highly recommend that you position it in such a way that we can't see the reflection of that solid bright ring or the glare from the ring in your glasses. I wear glasses on Zoom, not just because they're those computer glasses that block the difficult rays that are so fatiguing to the eye but also because I don't have to wear eye makeup. (laughs) When I wear my eyeglasses, because they're so cool looking, they're like a tortoiseshell cat eye, it automatically reduces the need for me to have eye makeup, which I am not putting on during the pandemic. I think I put mascara on twice during this pandemic and uh, both times I regretted it. Uh, All I put on is maybe some glossy chapstick or if I'm feeling crazy, some real lipstick. So I see the need for glasses on Zoom, don't get me wrong, practically and aesthetically, but move your ring light. Make it above you, but still in front of you. Uh, That would be my preference, and those things are very easily adjustable. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. 
Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. Let's also talk about tech offset. You know, when we're on Zoom, we are surrounded by technology. We've got one monitor, sometimes two monitors. We've got our phone next to us. We're in a tech space. So it can be such a breath of fresh air to see a plant behind someone. Not only is the plant going to be, you know, just a kind of generic sculptural feature, uh, as long as it's healthy, it will project that you've got your stuff together. Like if somebody can keep a plant alive, especially a large scale plant, they automatically have my attention. They automatically have my respect. It's just so aspirational to have big leafy green plants. But the other thing that's cool about it is plants emit a natural organic energy that offsets the technological energy. So whether I'm designing an office space, whether I'm designing a wall that has a TV console with lots of game systems and speakers, I'm always thinking, how can I incorporate something alive, like a plant, a bouquet of flowers, so that it can offset all of that artificial energy that's coming at me? Think about that when you're designing your Zoom background. And I don't want to see, even if you're in a bedroom, please angle it so I don't see your bed. You know, as somebody who may want to have authority when you're on Zoom, as someone who maybe you're the boss, maybe you're trying to impress the boss, even if you know you're in the bedroom and maybe we know you're in your bedroom, maybe you've brought it up before or something like that, I just don't want to see your bed. It's just a visual reminder that you may not be in a work frame of mind and it's just not on brand for the workplace unless your workplace is selling bedding, right? I also see a lot of shelves behind people on Zoom and I think that's great. Shelves can be a really fun way to bring in all sorts of different things, books, accessories, picture frames, without overwhelming the viewer because it's cohesive, it's on a shelf. That being said, you need to style your shelves. They can't be empty, but I don't want them to be packed. You know, people are really judging you on your Zoom wall. I know I'm looking at people and kind of summing them up based on their space. That's what I'm trained to do. But keep in mind that your boss is too. Your colleagues are too. 
your potential clients are too. So I make sure that when I'm on a call with a client, I have a wall behind me that is really aspirational. So if I do have a bookshelf, it is styled to the hilt. In fact, before each Zoom call, I'm going to kind of judge the items to make sure that they're in the perfect location. If you don't have an idea of how to style your own shelves, just go online. Google styled shelf. You know, talk about the type of shelf that you have. Maybe you have a ladder bookcase behind you. I would type in styled ladder bookcase and then look at the images and replicate what other professionals have done with the items you have laying around your house. Now, because I'm kind of now selling to people over Zoom, right? I'm designing their spaces virtually. They can see my Zoom background. I make sure to have something behind me that's aspirational, something that they might even ask about. As an interior designer, I better show up with a really good Zoom wall. So I have a large gallery wall in my office. It really pops because I have gossamer blue wall paint from Benjamin Moore behind, and then there are these bright white ribba frames from Ikea that have photographs that are colorful of images of spaces that I've done. Now, I'm kind of far away from this gallery wall, so the clients aren't necessarily dissecting each image. Rather, they're taking in the gallery wall as a whole. And I did that intentionally. I have many different Zoom walls I could be using in my office, but I chose to have a gallery wall behind me because my clients are always clamoring for gallery walls. They're always saying, Betsy, I want a gallery wall. Betsy, it seems so difficult to create a gallery wall. I don't even know where to begin. I know that if I have a gallery wall behind me, the client's going to instantly be excited, instantly trust my aesthetic, versus if I had like a messy bookshelf behind me that wasn't styled or a bed, right? So they're instantly liking me, trusting me, maybe in awe of me because of that amazing gallery wall that they feel they couldn't do. And maybe they're going to even hire me to design a gallery wall for them. So think about the person you're talking to, because as you guys know, I'm taking that Goldman Sachs course simultaneously. And when I'm taking the Goldman Sachs course, of course, I want my fellow students to know that I'm a great designer, but I actually strategically change my Zoom wall for class because behind me on another wall, I have a total business wall. It's got a year-long map of all the projects I'm going to take on. It's got a pin board with my projects color-coded in different categories, whether it's design services, team members, the podcast. So it looks really large and in charge, but in a different way. Now, I'm not just posing, right? All of this stuff is stuff that I'm really using, stuff I've really created, but you wanna show yourself in your best light. Just like you would if you were showing up in an office wearing a slick outfit that maybe resonates with the type of appointment you're having. It's the same idea, except you can be in your pajama pants and let the gallery wall do the walking for you, do the impressing for you. Does that make sense? I want to go on just a little bit more and talk about what should be, what shouldn't be behind you. You know, I've talked about what should be behind you, gallery walls, bookcases. I also think like nice abstract artwork that's not too vibrant. You really want to appeal to a variety of people, especially depending on your industry. What I really don't like behind people is other people walking. 
It's very distracting for me as a viewer who spends hours a day on Zoom. And also, you know, then you're not capturing their attention. I have a big window that looks onto Main Street, but I'm definitely not going to angle my camera towards that view. It's the view I'm looking at. Sometimes I can get a little distracted, but I certainly don't want the person I'm talking to to be wondering, what's going on with that fire truck? Why did that dog just pee on your tree out there? Uh, these are things I don't want them to even have in their consciousness. I certainly don't want them to see my daughter running behind me as she's um, grabbing her charger for remote learning. So keep that in mind. The wall should definitely be in a private space or a space where people are walking in front of you, but not behind you. Lastly, this point is going to be very controversial. I can hear you yelling at me through the airwaves right now. I do not like fake Zoom backgrounds. Fake Zoom backgrounds are those backgrounds that you can utilize, whether it's Google Meets or Microsoft Teams or Zoom. You know, basically just to define them for you, you can choose from a number of backgrounds. You can be in space, you can be on the beach, you could be in Antarctica. My kids love to put on fake Zoom backgrounds at school. It's like a fun hobby. Uh, but the problem with Zoom backgrounds in a professional setting, in my opinion, or a personal setting, frankly, is that I feel, this is controversial, that it looks like you have something to hide, that you don't want to let us fully in to who you are and where you live. It feels like there's an extra barrier and I can't really get to know you. And you know, when you do have those fake Zoom backgrounds on, as you're moving around, there's like some negative space where we get little peaks at the real location you're in. So we can really see kind of, oh my gosh, I can tell she's in her car. Or, oh, the other day I was on with somebody and I said, oh my gosh, she's got a Tiffany lamp back there. But otherwise his background was just a solid color. But when he moved in just the right way, under his armpit, you could see there were Tiffany lamps in the background. So keep in mind that that's a distraction too. Maybe it's just me because I'm an interior designer, but I'm looking at those things. I'm engaging with those negative spaces and trying to figure out more about who I'm talking to. And it makes me feel, as I mentioned, like they don't want to be real with me. Like there's some kind of barrier to us having an honest interaction. And if they could just really see where I am and I could just really see where they are, we could maybe even find a commonality. And that's one of the things that they really emphasize in these business groups is finding a place where somebody you've never met before, but are only now meeting or seeing on Zoom, finding a place where you can connect. And if I can see onto your shelves and I see a little orange that has a big S on it, did you go to Syracuse? My husband went to Syracuse. He's a total Syracuse fanatic. Did you see that game last night? You know, it gives us a place where we can start a conversation. I can see a book on their shelf. Oh my gosh, did you read that book by Seth Godin? I love that book. Do you remember that chapter when? All of a sudden, this person I've never met before feels like they know me a little bit more personally, and indeed they do. And it's all because they didn't have a fake background. So I want you to think about that. In fact, I've been thinking about like putting that out a little bit more publicly because I think that it's a lost opportunity 
And I think it's a big distraction. Shall I get off my high horse now? Shall I stop talking about all my Zoom wall opinions and segue to a question from the mailbag? As I've mentioned before, I can't hear you. I, I don't know if that's what you want me to do, but I will tell you that's what I'm going to do. We have a question that's coming from Tamara, and I can't wait to answer it. She's a VIP member, so it floated right to the top of her mailbag, my mailbag. Her question floated to the top of my mailbag, and I'm here to share it with you. She writes, hi, Betsy. I love the podcast, and I love your book. Can you discuss affordable tips for staging a home for sale? I recognize the need for major decluttering and fresh paint, but what would you suggest beyond those two activities? Thank you, Tamara. Tamara, yes, I do feel that staging is truly an art form. It's why I've had stagers on this podcast because interior designers certainly have some skills, but staging has its own set of rules. In staging, you are not creating a livable floor plan. You are creating a floor plan that has optimum flow for when you show the client around the space. So you're trying to kind of navigate beautifully rather than live beautifully. So it really affects the furniture layout. The other thing that is really different um, about staging as compared to interior design is that with staging, you want to remove window treatments because window treatments oftentimes can block some of the natural light. So if you're not going to totally remove the window treatments, you really want to get them out of the way. If you can remove all the blinds, so much the better. Then you lose that shade that comes with the depth of a shade, <laughs> pun not intended. But you know, you just get a bigger feel for the window because it's not obstructed in any way. Uh, and like I said, if I'm going to flank it with drapes to add a color splash or something like that, I'll make sure that they do not encroach on the window at all. We want to get maximum view. Of course, we want to eliminate anything personal. So you want to take down all personal pictures. You want to really, you know, empty closets. People are going in there. You don't want them to be thinking, oh, she wears those kinds of shoes. Oh, you know, it's just a distraction from seeing the bones of the house. So if you're going to keep clothes in the house, I recommend doing so in a dresser and really emptying those closets, which are a major feature that people want to look in. I also think it's a lovely idea to add greenery, plants. Uh, I think that it can be very difficult to use flowers because they die so quickly. What if you're not living in the space? That can really add up. And I hate fake. No fake plants, not even on your Zoom background. And no fake flowers. So what I like to use instead is fruit. I find that green apples last a really long time, especially if you put them in the fridge between showings. So you can have a big centerpiece pole filled with green apples. You can have like a hurricane vase filled with lemons or limes um, and put those in the fridge in between showings, like I said, to have them last a little bit longer. Definitely, there are great resources online, and I do think it can be a super helpful exercise to hire a stager for a consult. So if you can't afford to have a stager, you know, bring in rental furniture and totally redo everything that's going on, then a nice medium 
plan would be to hire a stager for their two-hour consult. They'll come around with you. They are experts in this field, so they know exactly what to zero in on. They'll create a punch list for you of everything that you should do using pre-existing items. So that way you can just hand this list to your handyman and get a little bit of that designer eye without paying that big ticket staging cost. In fact, in my next episode, I'm going to give you a sneak peek at my insights there because um, this is more relevant to me than I would have imagined. Everyone, it's been so great talking to you. I can't wait to read more about how this episode is, or how this podcast, excuse me, has impacted you because six years has been quite a journey and I hope to keep it going for many more. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for all your support. Congratulations to our contest winners. If you have anything you want to let me know, feel free to send it to info at affordableinteriordesign.com. And I can't wait to be back with you next time. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years you've been saying, Betsy, You're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. Bye. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.